You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. And I'm your other host, Jason Wheeler. And today we uh, have the pleasure of uh, having some more interesting people on here because, let's face it, you all out there are probably tired of hearing just me and Jason talk back and forth. Uh, I know we certainly are. So we're happy to invite some folks on today, um, guests that they have appeared or their company has appeared on before. Uh, it's been a while. And this is uh, kind of like a follow-up episode, if you will, kind of an update to see where things are at um, in the world of ag tech. Uh, that's kind of been a, a theme we've had for a little while now, just because it's on a lot of people's minds out there as we get into uh, 2021 and some pretty good, uh, let's say, windfall season for a lot of elevators out there, but very good margins this year. And so there's probably um, going to be some impetus to, to make some improvements uh, make some changes, uh, whether it be software related, personnel related, equipment related. Uh, people love to spend money and this may be a good year to do it. Um, so with that being said, I'd like to invite, uh, to tell a little about themselves, our friends, Jake and Camille with Bushel. Uh, and, uh, maybe Jake and Camille, y'all tell us a little bit about yourself. And, uh, I like to assume everyone's listening, knows what your company is and what you do, but give a little background there. And then uh, we'll kind of uh, get into what's changed in the last year. Because I think it's been about a year or so since we talked to you folks. Uh, and then uh, we'll just kind of look at what the, the lay of the land is going forward. All right. Thanks for having us on, guys. Huge fans of uh, The Elevator's Cut and uh, excited to be on today. My name is Jake Jornstead. Um, I'm one of the co-founders at Bushel and our CEO. Uh, grew up in rural North Dakota. Uh, came to Fargo to study computer engineering, did a terrible job getting through that, but started a company in the meantime, building software uh, with a few friends of mine, including my co-founder, Ryan uh, Raguse. So we uh, built a company starting in 2011, building software together. Uh, In 2016, we said, it's about time we start to focus in a particular industry where we can be great at, not just good enough and um, agriculture was the obvious no-brainer choice for us. Uh, you know, Being in the Midwest, a lot of farm kids on the team and a lot of passion around agriculture, it made a lot of sense. And we started to work on a product that we eventually called Bushels. So um, that's kind of how we got here today. Just a brief update on where the team's at. Uh, we've got 180 people, mostly based in Fargo, North Dakota. Of course, who knows where everybody's at at the moment? They may or may not be in in the city, but uh, that's where our team's based out of. And we've been building software for grain companies for the last four years, specifically on this platform. And uh, excited to be on the show. We'll share a little bit more about that after Camille introduces herself. Great, thanks, Jake. And I'm Camille Grady. I'm our chief market officer here at Bushel. Uh, been with the team almost since the beginning, before uh, Bushel was even a twinkle in our eye over here. Uh, fellow farm kid, I grew up in rural Minnesota. Uh, my dad and brother still operate the family farm today. We've got sugar beets, wheat, and soybeans. Um, so I get back there. Um, they're, they're only 45 minutes from where I live now. So we get back there quite a bit to, to help. And um, I can be the, 
the, the resident golfer uh, during the busy times during the year. Um, but yeah, I've been working working uh, as Jake said with you know specifically within agriculture for the past several years. Um, but then brought Bushel to market in mid seven uh, mid 2017, and it really started off as you know this this mobile app that grain facilities um, could subscribe to, deploy to their farmers, so farmers could see uh, you know scale tickets, contracts, all of that account data that they had with their grain facility. And now Bushel is really you know we've expanded just beyond that product, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that as we uh get going here one thing i want to note about camille she's been on the team through probably the worst possible <laughs> things that we've gone through as a company and also some of the funnest and best times and so she if you ever want to have any dirt on the business um she's probably got it for you so I, i'm a little grayer but you know thankfully a little wiser too <laughs> all right so that's a uh, that's an interesting path i guess to to create software for agriculture you, you guys are grew up around agriculture huh so you had a, had a little bit of a background in it and uh and created this product for the industry now so this bushel app who are the users how does it work and how does it fit in with making the i guess the industry better we, we've got a lot of, of folks that we work with that that use your product and uh, they they definitely say it's helped their business it's helped them interact better with customers how does that work and how does it do that yeah, good question. So, you know, we we set out, I think at the very beginning, one of our first taglines for the Bushel platform was uh, elevate your relationship. And we'll have obviously a pun on the business, but also uh, we thought it made a lot of sense. Um, we still think it does. What we set out to do was in the 21st century, bringing the grain business, which in a lot of ways is 100 years old in the traditional form, you know, even this way that we receive a lot of the product in on rail today through the same processes we did 100 years ago. Maybe it's a little more digital, but maybe not a whole lot. We said, what if we could help the industry figure out how to make a better digital connection to the farmer from a grain business perspective? And when we did that, it wasn't about just the grain buyer and it wasn't just about the farmer. Our perspective was, what if like both of those parties were benefiting from a tool set that they both felt ownership over or felt that it was important to their business enough to use it every day. If we could figure out that kind of blend of the two sides, then we thought we could build a successful product. And, you know, when Bushel came to market, it was it was what we call a point solution. It was pretty simple uh, from the outside looking in. It just got you access to scale tickets and then contracts. That's where we started. And what people didn't know at the time in 2016, when we started working on it in the last four years, was how much time and effort we have put in and continue to put in to what we call the integration behind the scenes. So if you're a customer of Bushel, you know that the installation process or the sort of deployment of the tool is probably one of the more simple things you've gone through in terms of upgrading your technology. And the reason is because we spent four years trying to figure out how to make every integration with virtually every ERP or, or business system in the grain business easy to work with for Bushel. So Bushel can work pretty much on any system. Uh, it can today, much more than a point solution, it's pulling virtually all the information that your grower wants to know about their account with you as their grain buyer. Uh, everything from contracts and tickets to price laters. Uh, they can even see more and more of their agronomy purchases if you're a retailer. 
um, all the way through to obviously your cash bids and futures prices you've got posted uh, with your basis. And um, as of even in 2020, launching our offer system where um, your merchandising team can use a tool on their desk that's being initiated by the farmer to give an offer. It's a one-to-one. -one. You know, one thing to note about Bushel is we have not taken a marketplace approach. Our interest is not to create a bunch of competition between you and your competitor down the road. It's to build a relationship between you and your farmer. And so you'll see that our tool set never pits you against the competitor. It doesn't make you uh, have to compete against somebody else's, you know, you know, same price in the same area. That's for other people to solve. There's plenty of tools out there for getting bids and understanding what the pricing is. For us, we said, how can we make sure the farmer feels engaged digitally by your team and make the merchandiser's life easier and hopefully more effective at doing business with the farmer? And that's where we took the business. Yeah, it was it was really a way, you know, this this economy we're living in now is very app focused, right? You know, even your 70 year old farmers have smartphones. I think that's a myth too, that a lot of the older farmers don't have a smartphone. And I, you know, maybe there's some truth to that, right? Um, but a lot of them do. And so we really wanted to almost democratize access to this kind of software for grain facilities because it, it would be quite expensive for each grain facility to be developing their own individual, you know, custom developed app. And so we, we came up with a platform and, and ultimately an ecosystem that allows us to democratize this access to software. And so it's the grain facility that is purchasing the subscription to it. We put their brand on it. We, we help them through the integration with their ERP. We get it onto the store. And then, you know, the, the thing after that is it's, it's the service after the sale, right? It doesn't end there. We have a dedicated customer success team that helps these organizations go through it, it kind of a change management process in, in how to use this tool um, with, with their customers and the relationships that they've built, not only over the last few years, but over decades and generations. So on that, Camille, uh, about the customers and, and the usage, and um, you made the comment about the 70-year-old farmer you know, using it. Have you guys gotten any feedback from your, your uh, elevator customers as to what, I say, percentage of their customer base has adopted or has asked to use the app? You know, now whether they use it or to what degree is another thing, but just the interest out there. Is there, you guys have an average number that you could speak towards on that? Yeah, so it, it does vary, you know, a customer by customer because, you know, we really work hand in hand with, with each customer that has, you know, our Bushel mobile app um, for them. But we've got some customers who are upwards of 95% of their farmers, you know, downloading and, and using um, their app. And then we've got some customers who, you know, they're they're climbing up in numbers and on average, though, I would say, you know, we're right around that 30%, 40% of, you know, their farmers who are using the app. And, and we set goals internally too, right? Like we mm -hmm. take a lot of pride, our customer success team in particular, we take a lot of pride in working, you know, hand in glove with our customers to get their farmers engaged. Uh, our team has done things like giveaways or even, 
you know, participated in some of the local <laughs> meat raffles. Yep, good grower meetings. Grower meetings yep, yep, yep. Um, mm -hmm. to help get uh, adoption up there. And so we work really, really hard. And there's a lot of pride amongst the team here uh, to get growers engaged with the app. Maybe to speak to the broader perspective. So that 30 or 40% adoption, that's pretty normal. And that includes customers who are newer to the platform. If you back up uh, another level and think about the impact that I think our tools are having on the industry, I think that's where I get really excited. Um, in 2020, we launched 50 new customers, companies on the, the platform that were bringing this tool to their farmer. And uh, <laughs> the user base, you know, in 2019, we had uh, like 10 or 15,000 farmers that were using the tool and that was pretty interesting, but it wasn't anything kind of mind boggling for the industry yet. In 2020, we ended the year literally on December 31st with our 40,000th farmer logging into the tool with their with their phone. Um, and so we have 40,000 unique farmers using our platform across all of our customer base, about 150 companies today that are live. So that number is not insignificant. And if you know the egg tech space, you'll know that getting tens of thousands of farmers to do anything has not been, <laughs> has not happened very often. That's just ag space in general, I think, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. The, um, the, the only know, thing that's united them better is uh, free DP. They'll all do that. That's great. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's interesting that the growth and the, and the usage and, you know, we've heard Jason, and I both have heard, heard back from our customers who, who use usual's product and, 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 uh, good things because we have other customers of ours that don't aren't on it or looking to use it and i'm sure this is an industry-wide thing so i think just trying to get the idea the message out there that it's you know the history at least the 20-ish years i've been involved in the business of technological change and adaptation an industry has had fits and starts you know you you mm -hmm. look back when uh when a overnight electronic market started and then you started getting these, uh, you know, everybody's gotten websites and then, you know, sending bid texts and then offer yeah, systems. So, and it seems like there's this usage and then it just stops. It just doesn't, I don't know if it's reversion to the mean or, or what it is, but it stops. But it's, it seems like this, this product, this idea of, of linking the information and making a lot of stuff real time is going to be very useful just because it's, it's a daily thing. It's something you're going to use every day, not just every few months or, or once a year or whatever it may be with some of these other things. This is something that's daily. And I like that aspect of this product that it's got multiple uses like that. So to that end, what are some things that Bushel does that the general public out here listening, uh, elevator audience may not realize, or even farmers for that instance, what's something that Bushel does that, you know, once you get people using it, they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know it did that. I My guess is there's a few things we're doing now that people weren't aware of, but I think big picture, we talk about access to the platform for the farmer. So the farmer gets to use it for free, just to remind everybody, this is not something that the farmer's paying for. The green facility provides it with their brand, right? The other thing is, it's near real time. We're talking a few minutes typically to get a ticket from, from when you deliver your truck to when it's available in the tool. Uh, and the other point I think that's kind of important, everybody that we initially talked to about the tool assumes that we're talking about scanning tickets or the farmers entering it in the tool. None of that's happening. The farmer, all they have to do to get value from the tool is log in once a year with their cell phone number 
We text them a code like your bank account. You don't have to have a password, which is amazing because nobody wants to remember passwords and nobody likes emails. So use Amen. your phone and a text <laughs> message. Imagine that. Make it really simple, right? And all of a sudden they're in and they see everything that matters to them. They see their entire account with you. And I think just fundamentally, that is why the adoption is high on the tool. There's not a lot of effort for the farmer to get reward. They, they just got to get in it. And all of a sudden they've got access to their business and they understand much more about their business than they had before. And of course, there's lots of fun little things we're doing. We just launched the offer tool that uh, as of you know this quarter, the farmer can actually input the, the offer. And when they submit that basis or HTA offer or a futures offer, they can just swipe up with their finger. Like if you've used the Robinhood trading tool or some of these other simple tools out there, swipe up and send the offer in. And, and not only do we, you know, it, it obviously has to get accepted by the merchandiser, but once it does, little confetti comes falling down from the screen. I mean, you got to make some of these things fun and interactive for the farmer because once they realize how easy it can be to do business with you as the merchandiser, like they're hooked. And those are some things that we've been working really hard on. Yeah, and I, I think on top of that too, you know, we are, again, since the beginning, we've we've had this focus on strengthening the relationship you know, between grain buyer and farmer. And our first product to market was this app that grain facilities can, you know, brand to their brand and deploy to their farmers. And we help them along the way. And as Jake said, we're continuing to add to it. So that's, you know, that's one of the fundamental pieces of a, you know, software as a service company like Bushel is that what you have today is not what you're going to have you know, tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now. We're always adding and investing, um, you know, new features, functionality, benefits that add value to that relationship between grain buyer and farmer. There's over a hundred engineering types working at our company on this product every day. And of course, if they weren't improving it, they'd be twiddling their thumbs. So there's a lot of things we're doing I think that are that are super exciting that are that are coming. We have eSign. Um, you know, imagine being able to just send a, a contract to the farmer right on their phone. They just swipe their finger and they're done. We're doing that. Some of our customers have gone 100% eSign, mm -hmm. which uh, they don't do paper contracts anymore. They literally use the Bushel platform to do that. That is a huge efficiency improvement. I mean, sometimes you got to drive down the road to the Senex and and meet the farmer there, get the damn contract signed. And now you can send it to their phone when they're on the toilet in the morning and <laughs> get it done. That's There's huge. a lot to be said for that. That's that's for sure. <laughs> the, uh, or, you know, they just, you know, sometimes it, not that anyone would do this, but they might avoid you if the price goes up after they made the contract. I mean, so I, <laughs> and this goes back, there was a big discussion on ag Twitter just this week on these sorts of things and the contract and, you know, the ESA and Jake, I think you even chimed in on one of the threads that I, I was involved with and, you know, the e-sign thing, that, that is huge. And, you know, to that end, out there, as far as regulatory bodies go in grain business, is e-sign accepted, as far as you know, in all states, or at least most of the states where you got customers? Yes. And the battle was what you just described is was really a, a resistance point at first, especially our customers that are in um, Illinois and Iowa. Apparently, those two states have really confused everybody. Uh, we, we've we, we ended up calling the state organizations that are kind of in charge of grain contract 
you know, authenticity or however you want to describe it at the state level uh, at both Illinois and Iowa, which were the two states that people were concerned about and confirmed with them that, yes, this style of electronic e-sign where the farmer is known and they sign the contract is fully legal and binding. And um, I mean, it's hard to imagine that this kind of offer isn't binding, but yet a phone call that wasn't recorded and they verbally agreed to is, I mean, that's just incredibly disconnected there. So I think um, the concern is no longer, it's totally acceptable. Um, and frankly, e-sign is way better. You know, not just when that grower maybe looked at the contract, which is really important that they even acknowledge that they saw it. We don't have to ask them. They, it's proven in the tool. It says they opened it at 8.30 a.m. at this IP address um, on Tuesday. And you also know that on Wednesday at 8.30 in the morning, they signed it. And from a different IP address, maybe they're at the local Senex or something. So I think this is actually the right way to go and much much better long-term in terms of both both trust and authenticity on both ends of the relationship. I think it matters. So things like e-sign and, and this stuff that you guys are constantly developing and adding on, is there extra charges as you develop new things or how does that work? That's a good question. So a lot of the tools and updates and, you know, we, we launched something we call summaries where <laughs> for a while, and this is just being honest, we had went for three years on our tool with the scale ticket feature that didn't total the tickets for you. So we had this great digital perspective of what tickets you were receiving and what you're delivering, but yet you still had to like write it out on a piece of paper to figure out what your totals were because we didn't bother to do that for some reason. That's on us. We did that, made that change. Now it's super fun because you can build all kinds of reports with your, just on your phone or on the web to get that information. Those features, you know, adding additional agronomy invoicing and those kinds of tools, that's all things that we're just investing in that come out as part of the platform. Um, e even uh, for the most part, a lot of the functionality around eSign and notifications are free. We just have, in some cases, you have to charge for things. So, for example, there's a cost to us for every contract you send. So we charge a dollar per eSign contract sent out. So that's one example where they'll pay something for that additionally. And then another one might be our offer system we just came out with where there is an additional cost, but there's a bunch of, as you probably know, as, as grain people in the business, there's all kinds of fees and CME licensing that has to happen. And so we've got a cost structure that's variable beneath our offer system. So we charge some, some dollars on top of that to, to give that full tool, but it also replaces sometimes a lot of cost in-house when you can remove an old merchandising tool and re replace it with our tool. So um, yeah, most of the time you just on a license, you pay the annual subscription and we keep upgrading and building better tools for the farmer and you. And in other cases, we'll have something that's maybe of significant value or that has a cost structure behind it that we have to charge for. So it is both is the answer. I gotcha. Makes sense. Just as long as they don't get rid of the ad machine, right, Jason? <laughs> that's right. Some important stuff. Right. So. And apparently we don't want to get rid of that uh, satellite box with the with the futures feed either most of the time <laughs> yeah well you know we got to put something in the museums one day so hey uh i, I the question that actually just come up i was talking with a customer this sounds really yesterday it literally i did talk to them about them yesterday and the question came up with regards to bushel uh do you got and i didn't know the answer so i said i'll find out and so here's my chance does the app, does the platform 
have any functionality like we've talked with the with the farmer to the elevator and that's from the elevator's perspective that's the inbound things is there a functionality with the app for outbound stuff from the elevator so shipping uh loads going out uh farm direct whether the elevator's picking it up or the farm's delivering it is there a functionality with the app to track tickets on that because that's one of the big things especially elevators that's got a bunch of direct ship business is keeping track of all this stuff because people turn in tickets at different times and you're trying to keep contracts updated constantly so you don't overfill somewhere or, or fill up or whatever it is uh, so can you speak to that any is there is there something there oh we just we just finished work orders so the farmer's going to know from an agronomy and retailer business perspective what's happening on on that end of the business um, and then, I mean, this is a great question. And, and honestly, the answer is our whole team. We have a whole team around that component of the business working as of, I think they started last, uh, last quarter Q4, um, towards a bunch of features around exactly what you're asking the kind of the outbound side, uh, of the business. So you'll see in the first half of 2021, uh, I think quite a bit of updates to try to address some of those opportunities. Um, I think that's super important to us. Another thing, you know, this brings us to a, a couple other opportunities we wanted to share about, but one thing we have is this tool set we've been working on, we call Bushel Connect. So if you're a, a third party, uh, if you're, you know, a roving grain buyer type of business where you're not taking any physical assets yourself, you're, you're, you're moving them to um, maybe an ethanol plant or a mill down the road and you're buying from a group of farmers. One of the things that Bushel does, I think really well, and I think nobody's done this before, is we, because so many of these players are on the Bushel platform, uh, we have this tool called Bushel Connect, and I think we call it the, what do we call this one, Bushel Fulfillment, mm -hmm. where if you've got a group of farmers that are delivering to that third party and you don't have access to their system, right? I mean, it's not your scale tickets, it's not your facility, but if they're on Bushel, they can give you the right to automate the workflow from that facility back to you as a third party grain buyer uh, and you can actually get those tickets at the same time as the farmers getting them on their um, on their account when it's especially when it's related to your third party work you're doing so we've got that functionality where we can import it into your system you know as simple as like a spreadsheet for your team or as complex as doing a web service and an api so that that's been a component from a grain buyer perspective where we're starting to create some real efficiencies around the workflow where you're not waiting for a PDF or, or even maybe a paper statement coming to your team. You've got it almost in real time as your farmers are making those deliveries. So that's another component there. I think that's super helpful. Yeah, and I, I think you know this this is a conversation that is coming up a lot within the ag tech realm. But as Jake mentioned too, there there has to be the proper line of permissioning through the technology that's built, and that's something that our team is focused on to ensure that you know that that entity or that person you know goes through the proper permissioning process in order to you know get those scale tickets um, so nothing is shared without the proper consent in that communication channel whether the farmer or the commercial or if it's your own information of course you can access it so yeah, yeah that, that makes seems sense to be, uh... Yeah, and, and and thanks for explaining that because that seems to be a, a pretty hot topic again, at least uh, social media, ag Twitter specifically, when it comes to data, mm -hmm. ownership, privacy, sharing, all that. And you know, up to this point, a lot of it, at least from the farm side, it appears to be from 
you know, their, their equipment usage and, and, and um, seed companies and whatever it is, you know, that all that data. Well, you know, obviously it's a matter of time before as we start sharing more data on the grain side, on the inbound, outbound elevator side, that's going to be an issue too. So, and that's been another question is who's the data because I know elevators and I know that they viciously guard their customer data. So, you know, that's, that's been a, a, a point raised too. It's like, well, who's going to have data to my customer because I, told my customers I'm not sharing their data with anybody so if I use this new technology how is it going to impact my ability to protect their data so that's definitely been a big thing so is there anything you can speak towards that as far as uh, the data which you, you kind of did Camille in the chain of c command there and then sharing but anything else that might allay some concerns people would have about their customers data from the elevator so this is really important topic I this is the question you have to fundamentally ask yourself. When somebody comes to your door and wants to sell you a service, and that service seems to be less expensive than you think it should be, you have to immediately ask yourself, how else are they making money if it's not charging you enough, right? Some people would tell you that Bushel's a premium product in the market. We agree. We also think it's the best product in the market for a lot of reasons, but we also charge for the product. We don't give it away for free. We've never given the product away for free because we don't sell data. We don't, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you think about the motivations, Bushel has next to, you know, pretty much zero motivation to sell any of our customer data because all that will happen is we will lose all of our customers and all of our revenue. And that that is the type of relationship we think is healthy. Yep. We can't do that. And if we do, then we lose your business. And that's how we operate. Um, there's obviously it's taken care of in legal agreements and all that as well. But when we talk about, so that that's one component is like, are we going behind the scenes? I mean, we have a lot of billions of bushels flowing on our platform and I'm sure any, you know, any hedge desk exciting sort of team that's behind the scenes in the futures market would love to see this information. We're not giving it to them, right? That's just not an option. And so what we did do on the other side of the spectrum is say, if we do a good job permissioning, like Camille said, around the farmer's permission, or even the farmer wanting access to their own information, and then if the commercial has the ability to permission to other commercials or however they want to operate, that's the right way to do it. So so we, you know, I'll give you some examples of this Bushel Connect tool I was telling you about. Um, there's companies like farm management software companies and big crop insurance players who are collaborating with us where the farmer can say, hey, I want my grain contracts from X, Y, and Z bushel customers to flow into my farm management tool so I don't have to double enter all this information and keep track of my position. I can also do that with my crop insurance agent. So my agent says, hey, it's time to get your tickets together for your production report. They say, here, use the tool. I use a bushel on these three companies. Um, let's get last year's um, you know, scale tickets from corn and pass them along to the insurance agent. They do that automatically through our tools. Um, those are things we think are the right way to go about this, where you gain trust in the farmer, but also you create some efficiency, because now the farmer's not having to go and double enter, or in some cases, bringing a you know, shoebox full of paper scale tickets in to the agent, making them take it from there. Um, we just think there's just an incredible amount of efficiency, but we have to do it with trust, and you have to do it um, really clearly up front how it's being communicated is important yeah and there's a there's a big piece to standardizing 
the the data as well. I mean, for example, you know, we have integrations with umpteen different ERP systems and our our team was going through and helping to standardize the data because for example, if a farmer if when we get to the point where a farmer would want to bring in their scale tickets across, you know, let's say three different grain elevators that they're doing business with. Each of those grain elevators might have a different way, for example, that they're describing hard red spring wheat. And when our data team was, you know, going through and cleaning up some of this, there were 140 different ways <laughs> that hard red spring wheat was coded in these different ERP systems because everybody does it a little bit differently and everybody, you know, um, puts it a little bit differently in terms of like an abbreviation. And so being able to pull that together and now we, we can look and bring all of that, you know, hard red spring wheat into one spot and now it becomes more easily accessible by the farmer in this example um, to get that information across the three entities that he or she is doing business with. Hopefully that's clear for you, from your guys' end. Does it make sense? Yeah. 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 Okay, so you know, to that end, uh, everything sounds great, and a lot of a lot of stuff uh, we talked about of what the app can do. But what did it take to get here? What uh, what was some of y'all's growing pains and uh, some of the challenges you faced? Because I know um, all these ag, you know, from Jason and I's standpoint, we help our customers. Everybody's got multiple choices for ag accounting software when it comes to grain systems or inputs or anything like that. And you know, across our customer base. We got a ton of people using a ton of different platforms, and I, and I imagine they're all a little bit different. To, to it's not just as easy as plug and play. You know, we made the comment, oh, it's end of the year. Farmer wants a check, just mash a button and a check comes out. Well, it's, it's never that easy. There's always something into it. Yep. And you know, some of these uh, other companies have or are trying to put out products similar uh, to this tethering type app to the system for the farmer to the elevator. So, can you speak a little bit to that? What's been some of the growing pains and challenges you guys have? have faced and, and some you've overcome and maybe some you're still working on? Yeah, good question. So of course, at the at the onset when we built this platform, it was terribly complicated to figure out how to make this work across so many different systems. I think we've integrated with 12, 12 grain accounting or egg ERP systems so far. There's really maybe 15 in the industry that really matter outside of all the custom ones that we ran into with companies who built their own, rolled their own. Um, that's been a, a massive battle. We, we've literally spent millions upon millions of dollars investing in that component of our platform, and that's super important to us. That was not easy. We it became known as spelunking when we when we'd have to figure out how to tie into an ERP system that we hadn't done before. We call this spelunking. You got to go learn. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times, the, there's not a web service or an API available, so we got to figure it out. And that was some really important work that we've done. Um, that's been really difficult. And when you get it wrong, it's really wrong. So you gotta, <laughs> you can't have your core math wrong on these things, that's super important. So as we've evolved um, in, the, in the process and these challenges, I think one thing that's important is we've always been the independent choice on the tool, right? I, you know, now that we've come to market over the last three years, we, we've got maybe a head start and it's always good to be out in front building tools at first, but of course there's always going to be followers and, and people interested in trying to build similar tools. I think the core difference for Bushel is that 
we're not an ERP system. We're not a we're not a um, you know a trading tool. We're not any of these fundamental systems that you're running. We're not trying to replace them either. We're trying to make them better. We're a layer that sits on top. And so we've had to battle everything from having companies think we're competitors and trying to work with them to to get them convinced that maybe we don't need to be competitors and maybe we could be great partners. That's been a battle for us. That's been not so easy. Um, but along the way, you know, frankly, we haven't we haven't pivoted or changed our message. And I think that matters. I think building trust that what you said you're going to do and then you go do it and you don't change your model, you don't change your business, you don't start taking acquisition of somebody else's grain in the process. That's what we think makes Bushel, I think, unique and special. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, you talk about some of those growing pains. Um, you know, we're, we're bringing this software to market and we're also growing this company and growing this this business and you know when we first started you know god bless our first handful of customers who were just gave us an inordinate amount of grace um, and constructive feedback because we learned early and we learned often that the voice of the customer matters and it is paramount and so as we've continued to you know build out our kind of flagship mobile app we're now building other tools and functionalities uh, that can better serve our customer base and we've built up i mentioned it earlier but we've built up just this incredible customer success and support team Um, every customer is assigned a, a customer success manager and they help you onboard you know internally at your organization they they help you with the go to market kit to get the word out of your new app they they help troubleshoot any challenges so we really believe in almost this let's let's call it white glove type of service with customers and then because of that we're so embedded in the voice of our customer we just i mean we have multiple internal messaging channels that our team members are you know front lines talking with the customer and getting feedback on it and we're able to bring that in um, to the product. And now the balance of that, right, is you get a lot of feedback and, you know, even though we are a growing company, resources still are a thing. And so we really have to balance that challenge of, you know, building all the things versus here are the things that really matter and can have the greatest impact. I just want to leave one short kind of story or, or idea. Imagine in being one of the first egg businesses where myself and probably too long hair and not a very nice shirt and my my co-founder Ryan show up to your egg business and say hey we got this cool tool uh all you need to do is let us access your grain accounting system (laughs) (laughs) and have perspective of your whole business but when we're done it's going to be super cool and your farmers are going to like it Um, that was a hard challenge at very at the very beginning building trust that we weren't here to do something alternative to that was super important. I think we figured that out now, but that was those people that gave us the opportunity are the ones that are the heroes in this story. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that extends, you know, those those first few customers that that like I said gave us this inordinate amount of grace, but it extends to all of our customers now because we don't always we don't always hit a home run. I mean, we we make mistakes and we stumble. Um, but we've just we just have this dedicated team to serving this industry and i think i think there's something to be said about building a team 
where a large majority of agriculture happens, right? You know, COVID has, has caused us to, to hire a few more people outside of the Midwest region, but there are other areas of the country that are steeped in agriculture as well. And there, there's just something about that, that DNA embedded in you if you've grown up in and around agriculture. It's, it's something that, sure, you can, you can maybe eventually learn, um, but there's just, there's an embedded piece of growing up in it and, you know, understanding it fundamentally from a boots on the ground level. And I, I think you nailed it right there, Camille. There's a, there's a, in my mind, a, a marked difference between knowing something and understanding something. And I think you put it very well. Yeah, that's, that's perfect way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's awesome. Sorry. I, I like listening to you guys talk about some, cause you can tell, you know, when, when folks are passionate about some, I can listen to anything. One time I was at a, I don't know, a conference or something. And some guy was talking about natural gas and I was like, man, this isn't a session I should be in. But the guy just, I mean, he was so just amped up about it. I, by the end, I'm like this, this stuff, man, this works, man. I, I was just fired up, you know? So anyways, <laughs> I, I always, Dad, I always remind I'm always reminded of that. Like it's when you, when somebody's passionate about what they do, you know, you you can hear it and it's uh it's engaging. And, and you, yeah, you guys, I appreciate y'all, you know, sharing the story. One thing that kind of shift gears here towards the end, I was gonna ask about um what's what's on the horizon, either with you guys, I you know, what you can share or um, you know, new features maybe coming or just ag tech in general. And uh, so, I mean, our listeners, grain elevator folks, uh, farmers, stuff like that, that that they should be, they can look forward to or uh, or be looking out for. Yeah, so uh, without violating NDAs, I'll <laughs> share some ideas. So one thing that's coming that we're excited about, we've been investing for, for over a year in software. It's kind of nuts, but you have to spend a lot of time prepping and building something before you can in some cases before you can ever show anybody what it's going to do or how it's going to work and if you guys think about some of the fundamental issues around the, the egg business today uh, we think some of it has to do with the traditional way payments work um, and how how you know paper checks are a vast vast majority of of the model today is still a paper check in the mail and yes it's nice to get a big check and bring it to the bank but then you got to find that guy and have him sign it for you and then you sign it and you can finally deposit it and there's a lot of problems with liens and a lot of issues with settlement checks and let alone paying your invoicing and forgetting that you've got a statement on your desk at home that's now due, uh, you know, 20 days ago and you haven't paid the bill. There's a lot of those things that are just kind of dysfunctional that we think we can help with. And uh, we call Bushel Wallet. We're working heavily on it right now. And in the next, uh, you'll see in the next year here, hopefully um, a way to make it easy for both the farmer and the egg business to kind of move money. Just, just the, the process of moving money, not anything complicated or, or confusing, just how do we make a digital movement so everybody knows where everything's at at any point. That's important to us, we think, and to our customers. And so we're working on that. Uh, that's one thing. And then another thing that's really exciting that we, we launched this, this last year in 2020 in March, right as, or I guess in April, but right in the heat of the coronavirus, we launched the Roger uh, joint venture business. Uh, it's a new company based in Omaha, RogerThat.com. It's a basically it's a freight marketplace platform for for commercial uh, trucking for moving dry bulk grains and fertilizer um, 
around the egg industry. So think about being able to do a on-site delivery um, uh, for the farm from the farm to the facility, uh, being able to go into a commercial network and just have that fulfilled by a carrier and a trucker automatically with all the automated kind of workflow you'd love love to see in the world. That's what we're doing at Roger. We're one of um, uh, six partners in the business. Uh, some of the biggest of the big are involved in, in putting their loads on the platform from uh, Schooler to the Andersons, Cargill, Coke Industries, and uh, Consolidated Grain and Barge, CGB are all involved. And I think Roger's gonna be a big deal in the next couple of years in terms of just creating some efficiency in the in the flow of these physical goods and hopefully making it easier for all parties involved to just transact and do business together. So that's another one that I'm excited about that that's been been really fun to see. Yeah, I always thought the uh, the money thing, you know, go to go to you know direct deposit, ACH, whatever. But if a guy wants a check, man, don't give him a little check. Give him one of those like prices right checks. It's just huge. Like here, if you want a check in here, here's a check. You know, just it's not worth anything, but here you go. You know, so You're spend I think the money there's a good workaround. If someone still wants a check, you can give them a check, but their money will be direct deposited. But maybe that's. Uh, that's that's hey that's a great innovation right there give them a replica to put on the wall but it still came via ACH <laughs> well and, and, Absolutely. It, and it, it's I know we're all <laughs> joking about it but it's I think you're hitting on like a fundamental thing though still is you can still meet people where they're at while also pulling them forward and yes. I think that that is such a thing that gets missed, not just in egg tech, but tech in general, is that it, sometimes people almost end up feeling bad because they're they're not as tech savvy as everyone else. But what if more companies just fundamentally understood where people were at first and then helped them and pulled them along and helped them through essentially change management? That's all this is. And I think that's what... You guys are doing at White Commercial too. You you guys do such a great job with education and bringing people along, and you know that 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 I that construct of knowing versus understanding. You're trying to get people to understand, and so I think that's something that we really spend a lot of time on is let, let's understand where people are at and let's let's find a way to to bring them forward with us because at some point they're going to need to get there. So let's start that journey today. Amen. That's, you know, in my mind, that distinction is, is everything. You know, you look at a farmer. Uh, some people would call them a seller of grain. I'd like to say they're a marketer of grain. And I would yep. argue with you if you said there's not a difference between the seller and the marketer because there absolutely is. Yep. Seller is going to suffer from overpricing what they've got in their mind, whether you're a farmer selling grain, uh, someone selling a house or selling stuff at your garage sale, no one's going to pay you $10 for that broken flower pot, but it's worth it to you. So that's a seller mentality. You make the switch to a marketing mentality. It's different. So like what you said, you're, you're, I love the way you put that, Camille, bringing people forward with you. That's, that, that's I think, it in a nutshell. Yeah. my I was just talking with my, my brother um, over the, the Christmas break and he's 32 years old, farming with my 64-year-old dad. And my brother was asking me some questions about the markets. And don't get me wrong, I, I work within the grain space, but I, I am I am not a trader. <laughs> I am not steeped in that um, speak. And he's asking me questions about it. And he, he made the comment, he said, you know, 30, 40 years ago, these guys could get away with not 
having any marketing plans for your grain. But today you kind of almost have to do it. And the way he said it just cracked me up because even though he's a younger farmer, he's still a little bit more traditional and old school in a lot of ways. But if Tyler Weber in Winchester Township in Minnesota <laughs> is, is saying, yeah, you kind of got to almost do it. You probably should do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jason, that's 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 all I've got. Uh, Camille or Jake, got anything else you'd like to put out there that we um, need to hit on? I think we're good, guys. I appreciate all the questions and and giving us an opportunity to share what we're passionate about. I I I hope that our customers believe that we're making a positive impact in the space and. Hopefully we can keep doing that for a lot of years to come. That's where, where our head's at. Yeah, thank you for, uh, again, the the opportunity. This was a lot of fun and I just keep keep doing what you're doing. I just really enjoy um, the podcast that you guys are putting on. So you've got, you've got quite the fan base here at Bushel. <laughs> yep. Nice. Well, that's how we know you guys are serious about listening to what your, your customers, you know, uh, are interested in because you because you listen to this uh, podcast. So you're, I mean, we you're, you're one of the twelve green, to I'm fifteen people. Guy. <laughs> I'm not a grain business guy, and it's the best thing I've found to listen to. I, I I don't know how else I would even. I mean, there's not a lot of podcasts that I probably understand, but I appreciate the variety of this one, and I can I can definitely gain a lot just I, just listen. I really appreciate um, when you guys were talking about the elevator sticky buns. <laughs> Doing all the <laughs> oh, 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 good. We're always looking for new sponsors, so you guys get got any ideas? You know, we'll uh, we'll, we'll definitely consider. It, it had a very. Did, have you guys ever listened to a Prairie Home Companion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that what kind of where you that was? Coming? No, but I, I see the correlation now. <laughs> yeah, because Garrison Keeler always did this whatever biscuit one, but yeah, I just I was dying laughing at that one, and then the elevator would wood paneling <laughs> you know there's yeah. there's so much truth in all of those and, and and you know that's what's been fun about it is to sit around and to think about these things like what what does everyone know that is a truth whether they want to admit it or not in the grain business and that's how we ended up with elevator office honey buns and, and the like so yeah honey bun. yeah that's what it was yeah, yeah. i mean i remember <clears throat> as a kid going into our local elevator in felton minnesota and they had a little one of those cardboard boxes with candy in it, and you could stick a quarter in it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I'll have you know that inflation in the elevator office candy box is non-existent because it's still a quarter. <laughs> still a quarter. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I just yeah, the wood paneling, the 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 like secondhand, thirdhand coffee pot over in the corner. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, nice. You got it. You got it. <laughs> we, we we're just trying to explain the the world to Randy, and then this is, these are just some of our inane ramblings off to the side, probably. <laughs> he doesn't. <clears throat> Anyways. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time with us, and uh, you know, getting the getting the big wigs up there in in North Dakota to come on with uh, with us on the podcast is pretty cool for us so we yeah we really appreciate it yeah thanks for y'all's time and, and sharing and you know i, I think uh, you know down the road we'd probably like to visit again just to, just keep getting updates and see what's new and changed and uh, i i can only imagine what uh this year is going to bring us let alone the next several but uh 
we're definitely getting in good times despite all that's going on right now. Uh, we're, 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 it feels like we're heading into a good part of the, of the grain cycle. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, let's hope it, it lasts for a while. Let's go around. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that at the beginning of the, the podcast, because I mean, quite honestly, then, the, and we didn't talk about this in the, the podcast, but you know, when we started going to market with bushel, um, prices have been depressed for <laughs> quite some time right so yeah. margins have been low ever since we started going to market with our kind of flagship app and so to get to a point where we're seeing you know some some increased margins in 2021 here we're we're kind of going okay now hopefully some of these elevators that have just been real tight with the purse strings maybe this is the year that they have a little more budget <laughs> to yeah. bring on technology you know, to help with some communication with their, their growers. Yeah, I, I would, I'd buy that. I would think so. I mean, it's, you know, the, the old saying is as the farmer's margins go, so does everyone else's. And, you know, yep. uh, everyone's had a pretty good season um, for the most part, even you guys out there that sold too early, you still sold a good level. So yep. uh, I had to put that plug in, but you know, it's, it's, it is. It, it, we're getting into a good a good part of time. People are generally happy. They're not happy about margin calls right now, but they are happy with the margins that they're that yeah. they're, they're making. So yeah, no, that's great. Okay, Jake and Camille, thank you guys so much for coming on today and, and sharing what's on your mind and what's uh, answering the questions of what's on people's minds out here uh, in our audience. And and again, um, thank you. And uh, you know, all the best in twenty one for you guys. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, keep up the great work on the show. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. And for Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh!